Welcome back. This is uh, Charles Cook, your host of the Immigration Hour. Uh, you know, again, th this uh, Corona thing has got us all, all kind of confused and crazy and um, not back on our regular schedule yet. But we'll get back on that regular schedule. We're going to come back to a Wednesday broadcast of the Immigration Hour and posting here on SoundCloud and all other affiliated uh, stations. But I, uh, I just wanted to let you guys know I haven't forgotten you. I know you're out there. I get lots of quests. Where's the new podcast? Uh, and it's not like there's not lots of stuff going on. I want to talk today about the rumors, and of course we posted on this on our website at immigration.net, uh, of the extraordinarily damaging proposal, this immigration proclamation, that, that Trump has threatened, uh, or at least... Um, uh, his pseudo personality, Stephen Miller, has threatened to uh, to issue to try to limit to to use the quote crisis of COVID to limit the ability of individuals uh, to uh, to use non-immigrant visas, uh, extending from the L1 to the H, H1B, H3s, H2As, H2Bs, uh, and even Js. So let's uh, let's talk about that. I, again, I outlined it in detail, uh, or outlined it on my on my website. But let's take a look at what this is. Now, first of all, we know that two months ago, the Trump administration used the coronavirus epidemic as an excuse to stop legal employment and family-based immigration in the United States, and they now that of course has also been stopped by the consulates being closed. Now, they have been sued twice on that. In the first lawsuit, which is really focused on the green card lottery, the court dismissed it quickly, saying, well, you know, consulates are closed, not the end of the year, what's the rush? But the new lawsuit, uh, in, uh, followed by uh, the American uh, uh, Immigration Council and AILA, uh, focused on uh, two individuals who were aging out, who were turning 21 uh, and couldn't be adjudicated, and shockingly, instead of fighting out in court, the administration just opened the consulate for them and gave them the green cards. <laughs> so now it appears that your way around this, uh, this um, stoppage of legal employment and family-based immigration, just to sue them, and they'll back down. That's the, that's the message that they're giving us. Uh, so that that and it's illegal. They know they're going to lose that lawsuit, which is why they try to moot out, try to moot out the uh, the case. Uh, so these same people, so the Miller crowd in the White House, uh, are saying we're going to stop legal non-immigrant immigration, so non-immigrant visas, through another presidential proclamation. Now we thought it was going to be last week. Now there's been a lot of opposition to this. Thank you, everybody who has written, uh, who has posted uh, lots of large companies, small companies, uh, political pundits, and people like Jared, apparently, who knows? I mean, you never know what to believe about Jared. Um, and others in the White House are saying, well, well, we can't stop non-immigrant visas. This is, you know, the reality is the non-immigrant visas are generally used by businessmen, by investors and by technology workers. And the while the unemployment rate is, who knows what, maybe 19 million people unemployed as opposed to 6 million before this thing started, 
But the technology unemployment rates like 2%, 3%. That has not changed. People just started working from home. They weren't laid off in technology um, or medicine where you see a lot of H-1Bs. So it's stupid. I mean, again, they want to use a crisis to cause something bad to happen that has no relation to the crisis. You know, never let a good crisis go to work, uh, go to waste, wag the dog, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so... This, the rumor proclamation is still this, and this, the rumors are still solid uh, from what I've been able to track down talking to people in the know, is that there would be a temporary suspension through the end of the year, through the end of the year, so hopefully through the end of the Trump presidency when it would end abruptly uh, in mid-January, where, one, they would suspend the entry of certain non-immigrant visa holders. Now, generally, I don't believe rumors like this, but this is much more than rumor. They're going to do this because Trump has to distract from his monumental incompetence. Uh, and the only thing he can go back to is what he won on before or what he perceives he's won, won on before, which was anti-immigration rhetoric. So he's got a he's got a bang of the right. You know, heck, they're blaming Mexicans for the spread of coronavirus in Texas and Arizona and Florida. I don't know exactly. They, they swim across the Gulf of Mexico or something. Un, unclear. I mean, it's all race based. We know it's racism uh, at its core. So the proclamation proposes to impact high skilled individuals outside the U.S. seeking to enter people on H-1Bs, L-1s. H-2B seasonal workers, and certain J-1 exchange visitors. Now, J-1s get a little complicated because it's 12 different types of J-1s, unclear what they're talking about, but we'll, we'll get into that here in a second. Um, as, we, as we look at this, what H-1s are we talking about? What, I mean, what, H-1Bs, what kind of L-1s are we talking about? L-1As, L-1Bs. Will H-2B seasonal workers be affected? How would they be affected? What if they're doing food? Um, so there's, there's a lot of moving parts here. Now, the proclamation would purport to announce a temporary ban on entries, uh, but with, it would also announce substantive policy changes that would follow, much like the monumental rewrite of asylum regulations, which would violate the statute, by the way, um, which would eliminate legal, legal asylum, or would eliminate asylum to America. That will be struck down by the courts if they move forward with it. I know it will be struck down by the courts. It's wildly illegal. But they wanted to do the same thing. So what they're going to, they're going to announce in this is they're going to, we're going to create, and they're already working on these, regulatory proposals, draconian regulatory proposals, to make the H-1B program unusable, including putting a $20,000 filing fee on H-1Bs, which I believe violates the federal law on this. Actually, there is federal law on what fees could be. So, um, and they can't be so out of proportion to the work that that is done that they become that they, they become uh, unreasonable at twenty thousand dollars. Now, people, some people are saying, well, they were going to propose a hundred thousand dollar fee. Neither of those fees is going to pass the muster of the courts. It's just not. Now. They also said the proclamation is going to have a lot of exceptions announced by agency guidance, whatever that means. This is the agency, by the way, USCIS, that's now going to lay off 75% of their workforce in August because they've been so extraordinarily mismanaged 
by the incompetent dupes that have been running the agency for the last three and a half years. Remember when, when Obama left office, CBP had a surplus account like a billion dollars. How did they waste all this money? Immigration has not slowed down. I mean, there's been a, I mean, at least from my practice, we're busier than ever. Uh, the booming economy will do that to you. So what have they been doing with the money? They've been wasting the money. Now, uh, the proclamation is supposedly going to come in before the end of June. It didn't, it didn't come before the 15th as we thought it might, but it looks like it certainly will come from the end of June. The, the, remember, there's also another proclamation from April 22nd um, that expires on June 22nd. That would be Monday. So presumably that's on, that's on the immigrant side. Uh, will they extend that? Likely, yes. I mean, shockingly, if they wouldn't. Um, they also envision a series of rulemakings beginning perhaps as early as July on H-1Bs, who can use them, what they can be used for, substantial requirements to use them, um, amazing, you know, extraordinary oversight, OPT revisions, getting rid of STEM OPT, and only having one year, of, or just getting rid of OPT. I know there's a lot of guys in the administration who want to do that. Supposedly getting rid of the H4 EAD, which companies like Facebook, which normally kiss up to Trump, uh, have successfully lobbied to keep since they employ probably a few thousand H4 uh, uh, EAD holders. Um, these, these rules will have to go through notice and comment rulemaking, but it's quite clear that they're willing to use any excuse to make things happen quickly and maybe try to seek a good cause exemption to have it done quickly rather than the normal comment period for APA regs, which is going to drag on for months and months or years even. Um, so they're going to use the idea of unemployed Americans, which oddly enough, Trump is talking down that there aren't that many. Things are so much better. And yet they, they, they also need them to be terrible in order to convince the court there's a nightmarish economic emergency. So the administration itself has a problem because both sides of their face are hurting at this point. Uh, so rescinding STEM OPT and H4 EADs, which would be stupid given the vast majority of them are computer-related occupations, which are at 2.8% unemployment. And there's a terrific study that, uh, that came out uh, just a couple days ago uh, from NAF, is it NAFP? Uh, and uh, Stuart Anderson, uh, that talked about uh, talked about that and, and what what that actually means and uh, uh, how there is um, uh, a continued massive shortage. Now I hear on my Twitter account all the time from uh, um, middle aged or fifty or sixty year old comp American computer guys that can't get a job. They say, "Well, H and B's are taking them from us." I don't think so. I think age discrimination is taking it from you. That's a separate thing from, from, from workers. So their theory is, well, if we just reduce the number of available workers, then they'll have to hire us. Uh, why don't you just sue these guys for age-related discrimination? I mean, that's what we need to be doing. As a guy who's in his late 50s, that's what I would recommend doing. Sue them for age discrimination. Um, we, 66% uh, of H4s work in STEM jobs, 76% of H1Bs are computer-related or engineering, not counting that are 10 to 15% that are in healthcare. It's like 90% of them are doing stuff that we absolutely need to get done that have low unemployment uh, rates. So here's what we understand still today of what they're going to do. Five different areas. One, 
The proclamation barring entry to the U.S. of L1, probably L1Bs, not L1As, probably L1Bs, H1Bs, H2Bs, unless they're from the food supply, and J1s, a little unclear what that means. I mean, because there's like teachers are J1s, researchers and professors are J1s. Uh, maybe they're talking about work travel, which is really going to be over by the time they get this done. Those guys would have been here, camp counselors, interns and trainees. You know, they can bar those guys without, without a huge amount of effect, but other than the precedent that it says. Uh, uh, and they're going to try to use 212F to do that. You know, it is, uh, that's why we tell everybody, enter the, if you've got a, an L, an H, an H2, H2B, H2BJ, enter now. Enter now. Enter early. Enter now. Uh, don't be stuck out of the U.S. when this happens. Now, some of you, of course, listen to this, well, I can't get a visa. The consulate's closed. Yeah, I mean, that's, that sucks. Uh, that, that's kind of, kind of where we are right now uh, with this. Um, we've got, um, there's going to be significant exceptions, we think. Um, and um, anybody dealing with COVID is probably going to be exempted. Uh, High-skilled workers, um, uh, for example, exceptions for health care, okay. Lesser-skilled workers, food supply guys are going to be okay. But if you're working in, you know, tourist industry, uh, you may, I, I, although I cannot believe that Trump would bar workers at uh, Mar-a-Lago from coming. Hmm. Um, the Department of Labor may put a some some maybe some competitive more competitive recruitment on some of these. A little unclear. Uh, they want to make sure that cap subject H-1Bs who would enter October one are impacted. Basically, they want to bar any any people who won the lottery who are outside the country who would normally be able to enter ten days before October first from coming in. Now, there's not a huge number of those. Most most H-1Bs are here in the United States and are changing status, but they clearly want to bar them. Um, and, uh, of course, the J's we talked about, a little unclear, but it's probably barring summer work travel uh, and camp counselor J's. Okay, number two, uh, there'll be a regulation changing post-completion OPT and sem-OPT to solely a 12-month OPT program uh, to to rescind uh, the March 2016 STEM OPT. Um, they're also probably going to put restrictions on who can participate in the 12-month OPT program. We've been hearing you have to be in the top 15% of your class to get OPT. You know, how do you judge somebody who went to Hale, Yale or Harvard then? I mean, they don't they don't really have percentages, do they? I mean, it's 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 again kind of stupid. Uh, three, but again, it's designed. To, to, let, to limit immigration. These guys are all about limiting legal immigration. So this whole farcical response from mostly old white people, well, I believe people should just come legally, and that's what Trump wants. No, it's not. Trump doesn't want any immigration, which is ironic considering the wives. Um, and by the way, Melania's sister got here too now, so everything everything's okay there, so that's fine. Now we can close the door now. Um, so, you know, this is about attacking legal immigration. Now, why? Well, let's go a little further. Well, we'll get into why in a second. Uh, H-1B is $20,000 fee. Um, and um, they want to do some strength. There's a regulation that's been on the, on, the, on, the, on the APA agenda for a long time called Strengthening the H-1B Program, probably redefining specialty occupation, making it much more difficult, redefining employer-employee relations, um, 
mandating a joint employer relationship for professional services firms and their clients, um, uh, making the program more expensive, more difficult, uh, and uh, maybe making all wages at level, at, if you can do level one, but it's only for two years, you got to go back and show your level two wage and then on something like that. Um, number four, getting rid of H4, publishing the rule, ending H4 spousal, uh, spousal EADs. And then number five, uh, is eliminating work. This is this is outrageous, by the way, and likely a uh, a violation of our treaty obligations. But eliminating work authorization for asylum seekers, asylees, refugees, and those with TPS. I, I don't see how that regulation gets anywhere near a courtroom without falling under its own weight. Uh, the Geneva Protocols, to which we're a signatory require us to give work authorization to asylees and refugees. Uh, it also makes no sense for a bona fide asylum applicant and those in TPS. Um, I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense. Um, but So the question is, why? Why are they doing this now? Ah, now, now we're getting to... There is a sense in the White House that the Trump administration is ending in January. Especially now that Trump said he would walk away and go do something else. I don't know if that involves prison or not, but he'd go do something else. These guys, and they're mostly guys, almost all white guys, um, deep and long ties, ties to uh, white nationalism, they know their time is up. They will never, in our lifetimes, get another chance at the White House. Remember, Bush kicked these guys out of the White House. I remember Tom Tancredo, you'll never darken the doorstep of the White House again. These guys are all Tam, Tom Tancredo's kids. They're all his acolytes. They, 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 they started worshiping at the altar of Tom Tancredo back in the 90s and uh, his anti-immigration fervor from out of Colorado. These guys sense and know that the, the writing's on the wall. They have no choice but to act now. They've got to act now. They've got to um, enact their, uh, their, uh, their anti-immigration agenda because they will never have another chance. They will never have another chance. Um, and they also know that uh, Joe Biden, when he becomes president, is going to end all this. So they, they know they need to get it into regulation because policies and proclamations are gone instantaneously. They're gone instantaneously, and uh, but regulations require effort. This is why uh, this is why Trump, who's looking at DACA right now, and we have a majority of Trump voters saying DACA should continue. Dreamers should get green cards. Uh, they know they have to end DACA, and they wanted to end it as it was started by a, 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 a by by a memo from the DHS secretary, but. Obama had actually created regulations to allow for the EAD for DACA kids. And thus, and why it's at the Supreme Court, is the only way to get rid of DACA is to publish a regulation. At least that's, that's the argument. We'll see if the Supreme Court agrees with that. Now, they, could, they might say, no, Trump can end it by, by, by a proclamation. He can end it by a memo, and it's done. Uh, I hope they don't do that. I hope they say, no, you've got to publish a regulation. Well, that, you know, good for the goose, good for the gander. This is why Obama lost DAPA. I've got endless numbers of podcasts about 
screaming at Obama to publish DAPA as a regulation, and, and, and no, no, they had to do it the easy way and issue a proclamation, and then it gets defeated in court. That, I think, was legitimately defeated. Well, I still think it was wrong because the president's got authority to enforce immigration laws, as Trump has now proved, any way he wants. Um, and, uh, I mean, Trump has done it monumentally ineffectively and created backlogs in the courts. And, I mean, really, our immigration system has never, ever been in worse shape. Uh, so they know. They know they have to do something to solidify their anti-immigration agenda. And that's what, that's what uh, uh, closet president uh, Miller is doing. Uh, Trump is being led by the nose on this, but buys into it wholeheartedly because he knows it feeds the base, at least what he perceives to be what's left of the base. And, you know, the reality is, if you think that uh, this is bad, vote. Get off your butt and vote. If you're a permanent resident and haven't naturalized, so you can't vote, naturalize and vote. I scream at people all day long about this. If you're not, you've been a long-term permanent resident and haven't naturalized, it's your fault. Lays at your feet. You're suffering because of you, because you didn't vote, because you didn't naturalize. So to get out there and naturalize. Let's take a quick break here on the immigration. When you come back, we're going to talk about Joe Biden's plan for securing our values as a nation of immigrants. So we'll be right back here. On it. For me, it's a little bit longer than for you, but we'll be right back. really wanted to talk about, um, in this next segment, about uh, Joe Biden's plan. Uh, we, we heard a lot about Obama's plan back in 2008, and he was going to get a legalization done, and bam, we were all going to be fine. And uh, we know that you know, a month after his election, his chief of staff, Emmanuel, Rahm Emanuel, said, no, that's a, second, that's a second term plan. In the meantime, we're going to show Republicans we can enforce the law. And the, the history has been written, on, and Obama's now the deportation president, and always will be. What I love about Biden's plan, first of all, I know the people that wrote it. These are good people. Uh, I like them a whole lot more than I like the folks that did Obama's stuff, um, who I, th- I thought were, they, they didn't have their pulse on really what needed to be done. They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't involve the experts, the real on the ground experts on this. And I think Biden has done that. But I, I love in an introduction to his plan for securing our values as a nation of immigrants is this. He says this. It is a moral failing and a national shame when a father and his daughter drown seeking our shores, when children are locked away in overcrowded detention centers, and the government seeks to keep them there indefinitely, when our government argues in court against giving those children toothbrushes and soap, when President Trump uses family separation as a weapon against desperate mothers, fathers, and children seeking safety and a better life, when he threatens massive raids to break up families who have been in this country for years and targets people at sensitive locations as hospitals and schools, and I might say courtrooms, when children die while in custody due to lack of adequate care, Trump has waged an unrelenting assault on our values and our history as a nation of immigrants, it's wrong, and it stops when Joe Biden is elected president. I want to see that ad. I want to see that ad. That, that, that's going to be powerful. Um, what I really like about this is it's far more specific than Obama's was. And what I like about this particularly is, 
is the plan to, in the first 100 days, take urgent action to untrue Trump's damage and reclaim a million American values. Well, what did he do? One, immediately reverse the Trump administration's cruel and senseless policies that separate parents from the children on our border. Okay, immediately reverse them. Um, well, that's easy because that's a policy. Bam, that's done the first day. End Trump's detrimental asylum policies. Yes, oh my God. But this needs to be done by the Attorney General. So the moment that she is sworn in, the first thing that she should do is withdraw every decision issued by Sessions, Barr, and that moron who was Attorney General for like three weeks um, and just end it. And then withdraw every BIA decision that shrunk asylum rules and policies and just make them go away. That's the, she, the, the Attorney General has that power. She should make that happen immediately. There's, at this point, the system, in the past, it was always like, oh, you know, we're not going to, you know, we don't want to do that. And, you know, the, the system has been abused by the Trump administration. We need to wipe that slate clean. Democrats need to play the same game. And this needs to be gone. I hope they got the gumption to do that. Uh, end the mismanagement of the asylum system, metering. I mean, this is not. This is nightmare stuff. I just did a interview on this on Univision on this exact issue. The metering is causing death, kidnappings, rapes, assaults, extortions against innocent people who just seek the protection of the United States. We're also it looks like we're going to need to undo the asylum regulation. He's going to need to issue a regulation, issue a notice that any regulation issued in the last six months of the Trump administration is on hold pending further review. Bam. And just freeze it and go back to the way things were. Um, next, end prolonged detention. Did you know that when the Trump administration came into office, there was about 33,000, actually maybe 29,000 people in custody, and, and Obama had announced they were eliminating the private contracts with, with, uh, with these private prison companies. And owners of these companies were going ape nuts. Investors were jumping ship. And the day after the election, their stock rose by like 200 or 300%. Crazy numbers. And today there's 55,000 people in custody, the vast majority of whom need not be there. They're using it as punishment and not as security, not to protect us, but as punishment. And that's awful. And it's aided by judges who should be fired in mass. Uh, when this woman, when they get to that part, the public charge will reverse public charge. You great. That's going to require regulations. I hope you're writing that regulation now. And the so-called national emergency to siphons dollars to build a stupid wall. Of course, that's done in a heartbeat. That should be a first day thing. Protect dreamers and their families. If the Supreme Court has unwisely told Trump that by fiat he can he can uh, get rid of DACA. Then Obama needs to put it back in place. And the Dems should not, if the Supreme Court comes out and says that DACA needs to go away, God can go away on fiat, the Dems should not, in desperation, they should not try to negotiate a deal with, with Trump. Because he's going to want too much. He's going to want the end of family immigration. You cannot do that. Cannot do that. That cannot be done. Six, most of these kids have EADs for six months. They're going to be fine. We're going to be okay. All right, 99% of them are going to be okay. Don't throw this away. And then Obama immediately, re, Biden immediately restates it when he gets back in. I've got to stop saying Obama.
rescind the travel, you know, the Muslim bans. Of course, this is a no-brainer. Get rid of these things. It's a joke. Uh, get rid of these emergency protocols, the, the proclamations that Trump is putting into place on immigrant visas and non-immigrant. Gone, gone. TPS, restore TPS to Salvadorans and Hondurans until we can fix the problem for them. Um, and they're going to be okay because they're good till January. And by then, I think we're going to be in much better shape with a, with a new president-elect. Restore enforcement priorities. Yes. Why do we have 1.2 million judges? I mean, people in deportation. We don't need more judges. We need fewer people in deportation. That's what we need, which is why legalization needs to happen. We need to make legalization the norm. Let's fix this. We're wasting too much money and time and effort on people that should be contributing to and have for decades contributed to our society. I like the fact he's going to make ICE and CBP personnel abide by professional standards and hold them accountable for inhumane treatment. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I don't see how strong the union is on that. Protect and expand opportunities people risk their lives in the military. We don't deport veterans anymore. Period. Trump, Obama did this out the wazoo. Trump's done it. Get these people back here and get them their green cards and citizenship and just say thank you very much. Um, Restore and defend the naturalization process, of course. They've made it far too difficult. Let's get this naturalization stuff done and move forward. Um, and, of course, he's going to meet with regional leaders, thank God, because Trump's not going to meet with them. All right, next, after the, these things are done, he wants to uh, conduct, have a broad legalization program and modernize American system. I, we've been talking about this for years. Roadmap to citizenship, a pathway to legality. Let's take, Let's do that. In, a, in one year, the IRS collects $23 billion from people with social security numbers. That's crazy. Reform the visa program for temporary workers. Make it easier. Willing employer, willing people. Make sure there's safeguards in place. We can do this. Reform the non-immigrant, the temporary visa system. High-skilled visas should not be used to disincentivize recruiting U.S. workers in the U.S. I agree. Let's use the program effectively. Provide a path to legalization for agricultural workers. No-brainer. Reject the false choice between employment-based and family-based immigration. No-brainer. But we also can't make people wait decades for their green cards through employment or family. S-386 is the wrong solution because it pits family against employment. That's not going to work. It's not going to serve anybody's purpose. We need to increase the numbers for work-based immigration based on macroeconomic conditions. It's right here. If the economy is doing better, there's more numbers. If it's doing worse, there's less numbers. This is not rocket science, for God's sakes. And we also need to not make people wait 100 years for a green card. That can't be right. We protect our Indian brothers and sisters. We protect our Mexican, our Filipino brothers and sisters. Nobody should wait decades to immigrate to America. It's just stupid. We're wasting talent. We're wasting innovation. We're wasting ideas. We're not bringing more competitors. We're bringing more people that will make America strong again. We need to enforce, protect American workers. I agree. Absolutely. 100% should be done. Um, we should increase protections for domestic violence workers. Welcome immigrants. Have a, have a program to make people, make it easier to learn the language, to become part of our society, to become citizens. There are about something like 25 million permanent residents that become citizens today. Why aren't they? Because we're not reaching out and making that the norm. Um, so, I mean, it's, this is good. This is um, as good as you can get. On asylum, surge asylum office to review cases. Stop CDP from doing this work. 
apply asylum laws quickly. Now, he wants to double judges. We don't need to double judges, Joe. That's one thing you're wrong on. We need to reduce the backlog by legalizing people. The 99% of people in deportation are there not because they're bad people or they have terrible criminal convictions. It's because they're undocumented. That's it. They have a driver's license violation or something, some civil thing. We can fix this. End for profit. Man, these private prisons are going to give the Trump a lot of money this election circa. We're going to increase the number of refugees we take. Thank goodness. And this is what I love about the last part of his program is tackle the root causes of migration. Okay? Help the Northern Triangle solve their violence and narco trafficking and criminal organizations. Uh, strengthen humanitarian work. Manage migration to refugee resettlement. Have more effective border screening. Uh, wow, it, it's a great program. It, it's a great program, and we need to play program. not forget. We, we will not forget until every one of these people that are elected today that normalized Trump and basically everybody but uh, but Romney at this point, they're gone. When they're gone, the GOP maybe comes back. But until then, there is only one party in the United States and only one viable choice for president. Speech, but you know that's our that's our today. All right, I want to thank everybody for listening. It's been a little longer podcast today, but in the reality, we need to talk about the anti-immigration proclamation and what we have to look forward to in the future. Next week, we'll be back next Wednesday, hopefully updating what's going on with the potential proclamation, maybe talking about DACA. Um, until then, if you have any questions, feel free to call. You can always contact me on Facebook, great. Twitter, I'm at C Cook, C-K-U-C-K, on Twitter, Facebook, Charles Cook, or Cook Immigration. We have a Facebook Live every day. I have a Facebook Live today at 2 o'clock. Every day at 2 o'clock, we have a firm Facebook Live in English and some other language usually uh, where our lawyers are answering questions. And that's what we're here to do to make sure that everybody gets the information they need to make wise and good decisions. Until next week, this is your host, Charles Cook of the Immigration Hour.